Shovavim. So by tradition, the six or eight weeks that we read the Sadras, the weekly portions that are to do with Mitzrayim, with going into Egypt and coming out the other side, are also weeks that we focus, or many communities focus intensely on areas of holiness, specifically in areas to do with adultery or to do with marriage or to do with, with male, female or, or reproduction or so on. Why particularly these? So it's interesting, the history, we start to see the writings actually relatively late, Jewishly speaking, about the 15th century, people start fasting at this time of year. And especially in the Kabbalistic literature, there's a lot of emphasis. But why? So first of all, the word Shovavim itself is an acronym for the six weekly portions of coming out of Egypt, slavery in Egypt, becoming free from its time, and then getting the Torah. And that's Shemos Vaira Bobashalach Yisumishbatim. And the word, the acronym spells the word Shovim as in the Posuk, as in the verse, when, when the Navi, the prophet says, Shuvavonim Shovim, right? Come and return, do to Shuva, return, become better people. But why specifically this area? And the answer is if we look in Yechazkel, Ezekiel chapter 23, there it describes the, the prophet gets a vision of two sisters, Ahala and Alivoma, and they represent the two factions of the Jewish people at the time the kingdom had split in two. And each of them, we describe that idolatry in the metaphor of adultery. And specifically we relate to the fact the verse, the Pasuk says that they were zoinim, they were, they're like prostitutes in the land of Egypt in their childhood. And what that means in the metaphor is the Jewish people served idols in Egypt. And they were just like they're supposed to be married in a loving marriage relationship with Hashem, with God. God and Israel is meant to be like a marriage. And instead it became like adulterous and wild and promiscuous. That's what the prophet's saying. But interestingly enough, the rabbis and the Kabbalists say, no, 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 as well as idolatry is adultery. And the two are very often deeply interrelated. So even the word we use for for going after idolatry is the word zoinim, which literally means to be a prostitute. Or um, don't, don't prostitutionalize after the gods of the land. And the Gemara, the Talmud even says that uh, the Jewish people never served um, idolatry. They didn't serve idolatry, except have an excuse to go in and fall into prey to sexual temptation. And what's the link between the two, right? Interestingly enough, it's very strong. First of all, on a very simple level, yeah, people often have temptation and lust and, and it makes them want to be more animalistic and more, and then they feel guilty and ashamed and then they feel really bad about themselves and it eventually severs their relationship with God or they want to have an excuse. Right? I often have people come to me with philosophical questions about Judaism or, or about the authenticity of the Torah, religious people sometimes, they're different ages. And what I learned over the years that there are those who really, really are curious and have a question. And there are those who once we get into a deep discussion, that's not their issue. The issue is they've gone online and they've become really tempted and almost addicted to stuff that's on there. Or they're having an affair or they just want out of their marriage. And it's like the brain then needs to kind of come up with the justification. Almost the worst thing you can do to such a person is give them a good answer to that question. So there's a real natural level to it, but there's a deeper level as well. And the deeper level is this, is that the very drive for connection that's wired into the human brain, passionate love and connection, is an echo of a deeper connection. It's our connection to God. So for example, the book of Shia Shirim, the Song of Songs, is a metaphor for the love and the passionate love between God and man is phrased in terms of the detailed intimate connection and relationship between man and woman. Even in the temple of the Beis HaMikdash, 
right? They had Karuvim on top of the ark, the holy, the holy Oren HaKodesh, the holy ark in the, in the holy of holies was two figures, figures of angelically looking images that were wrapped in an embrace when the Jewish people were doing the right thing. They'd pull the curtain away on a festival and show the embrace and other nations would even mock the Jewish people for it. And when the Jews weren't doing the right thing, they'd look away from each other. And all this seems to indicate that we don't look at the area of intimacy between male and female as something dirty or filthy. On the contrary, done correctly, it's a beautiful, passionate embrace that is a part of a bigger embrace, an emblem for, and a part of the embrace between God and Israel. It's one. But the same passionate embrace can become an embrace that, that goes a bit wrong and it becomes a wild and free stuff. Then just like it becomes wild and free in this area of, of the physical drives, it becomes wild and free in our relationship with God. They parallel one another. And so getting this right is critical. And specifically in Egypt, where they were idolatrous, they were also adulterous. The two go hand in hand. You, having a healthy relationship with God should manifest in a healthier relationship in this area and vice versa. And so we're going to talk a little bit in these weeks. We're going to learn together some of the beautiful Torah ideas about how to build that relationship, how to build the loving male-female relationship in marriage. We'll also maybe have some sessions also for those who are not married, specifically men who might struggle in this area, but it's true also for those who struggle, uh, who are married people, right? Temptation is not something that just leaves a person because they get married. But in particular, we're going to start by building on the positive. What is the dynamic that builds that beautiful, loving relationship between husband and wife? We'll start there and in parallel brings into the relationship between us and Hashem too. That's where we're going to begin.